broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. All your days are belong to us. We'll do it live! Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never miss communication. Video blog. It's over 9,000! My name is Foxy. The balls are inert. Objection! Do a barrel roll! Alright guys, it is the 27th of April 2019. You're listening to Phoenix FM and Nerd to Know Basis here on NerdToKnowBasis.com, iTunes, Spotify. And any other way you can reach podcasts, guys, if you want to email us, you can. nerd to basis at gmail.com. Uh, nerd2, the number two, no basis on Twitter. Or, of course, you can reach my Twitter at DaraWV. Alright, we have a lot to get through this week. I'm going to do a quick um, rundown of Avengers Endgame after uh, my interview here about Fallen City Brawl, which is a really, really, really interesting project um, along the lines of Final Fight and Streets of Rage and stuff like that as well that's going to take up the first segment and then after we come back after the break um, we'll get into Avengers Endgame and warning guys, heavy spoilers there's going to be heavy, heavy, heavy spoilers um, in that I was at the the first screening there in Odeon, Badgerstown on Wednesday night it was a long movie very long movie but um, I will again give a spoiler warning before I start talking about it. It's just me, with the exception of the interview uh, on this week's show. Hopefully, we'll get Brim back soon. But uh, until uh, until the end, the first break, guys. Here is the interview with uh, the creator of Fallen City Brawl. So here we go on Phoenix ninety two point five FM. Alright guys, thanks for joining me on Nerd to Know Basis. Um, I am joined here on the line by Mr. Mike Wells, creator of Fallen <laughs> City Brawls. Uh, Mike, when when I found out that this was a, a concept that was happening, I had to get you on. Because I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Streets of Rage and of Final Fight. So, you know, the fact yeah. that someone in 2019 is looking to make a game based on that. Talk to me uh, a little bit about how, how this came came about yeah well you know i i also love both of those games um i i grew up uh mega drive so the streets of age series particularly i played a huge amount um when i was younger so um that kind of becomes like part of your dna you know um before the streets of age i guess uh, um going way back you start with spectrum back in the day so um there was a game i don't know if you remember a game called uh, Target Renegade, no, it's a um, little, little bit before my time. It was, it was really cool. It was it was like um, a precursor to kind of Streets of Rage, you know, the same kind of style. Um, right. It was really cool. Um, but Streets of Rage came, um, obviously Final Fight as well, um, and yeah, I just love those games. I I've, I've kind of always um, kind of tried to kind of code, uh, tried to create games. Uh, create some kind of small things, nothing um, for release um, commercially, but 
for for this kind of project, uh, you know, I decided this is these these are the games that I most enjoy playing. You know, this is something something great about the kind of um, the flow that you can get into playing a really good scrolling beat 'em up. Um, and I thought, you know, this is this is what I want to really focus on. This is what I, I want to really develop. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the timing is interesting because you know it's been what 20, 25 years uh, since uh, the last Streets of Rage game, for example. Yeah. And, um, and, and you know, um, there's there's been a bit of a gap in the market. Obviously, this year <laughs> we've got the release of, um, or maybe next year we've got the release of Streets of Rage Four coming. So yes. I think this type of game is a little bit more in people's people's minds than maybe it has been for a while now. Um, but that's cool, you know. Um, there's a lot of people enjoying this kind of game, and and you know, I'm just really I'm really enjoying really enjoying the process of um, of making it. So so yeah. so I I. I... I won't. Uh, I, I won't get too technical with you, but I kind of have to a little bit. Um, yep. uh, what, what What are you? Uh, what are you coding the game in? Are you using any particular engine or? Because yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking at some of the gifts you have up on the site, fallencitybrawl.com, and yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive. Thank you. That's really cool. It's um, you know, it's still it's still work in progress. Um, there's still work to be done. Um, but thank you. It's 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 coming on. I'm using um. Game Maker Studio right. too, um, from Yo Yo Games, mm. and it's it's really cool. It's um, it's quite easy to get started with, but it's got a lot of depth. You know, you can you can take it as far as as, as you need to. You know, in terms of the the, the kind of flexibility of, of the engine. So, um, so yeah, so it's it's um, Game Maker Studio too. Um, and for the for the actual sprite work. Um, Game Maker's got a, it's kind of got a sprite editor built in, but I, I tend to use Ace Sprite, uh, which is a kind of pixel art, uh, 2D pixel art um, software package, which again, it's, it's, it's a really good tool. It's pretty pretty easy to use um, and it's kind of, um, it's enjoyable to use, you know? So yeah, I, I, I enjoy the pixel art inside um, as much as I enjoy the code inside really, so yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's kind of coming. It's starting to take shape, you know. For sure. Like the the one thing I will have to say, um, the pixel art art itself, uh, the sixteen bit look is it is beautiful. Um, like it's timeless, you know, and it, you really yeah. capture that spirit. So fair play. No, thank you. It's it's um it's like yeah, it's a style that I kind of grew up with, and I think um, you know back when you you kind of the Mega Drive, the SNES, but I think also if you look at uh, like the Neo Geo, I think. Probably the Neo Geo for me was like a, a pinnacle um, of kind of sprite work, of mm. 2D sprite work. And, 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 you know, there's some awesome stuff released today as well, you know. But I think in terms of being able to get the most out of the, the technology of, of the time, I think the Neo Geo system was just just awesome. So that's the kind of, I'm aiming for that kind of 16-bit, 32-bit kind of pixel art um, look. But there's some, something about pixels, like you say, it's kind of timeless. Mm. Um and you know we've got the luxury now, I guess, of having the technology that kind of gets around some of the issues that developers would have had in the past. You know, yeah, they had the job, I guess, in terms of the memory limitations and the yeah. kind of color palette limitations and things like that. That that we don't really have those kind of boundaries, um, except for where you kind of set them yourselves in terms of things like palettes and stuff. But yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's, it's it's a pleasure kind of working with with those kind of. Um, with with pixels and, and creating that so right. Cheers. 
And and just on the actual um, development side itself, um, the website's only been working on this for eighteen months. Talk, yeah. talk to me a little bit how about how the the actual concept goes from right. I want to do this. Down <laughs> walking through it. So how does yeah, that, how does um, that happen? It started off pretty small. So um, I followed a couple of um, tutorials, right. which were basically um, I think the best way to learn anything in terms of coding and developing is by kind of looking at either kind of examples that have been created or kind of following through tutorials and then tweaking and changing what you've got. So I looked at a few tutorials around um, different types of game, kind of developing using um, Game Maker. Um, and then I, I basically kind of started by looking at just the basics of getting a character in place, um, getting that character moving around, um, then looking at adding the kind of animation I need for the kind of uh, the walking. You know, the walking animation is the toughest part of all of it for me, getting the walking kind of right. And I, I've still got work to do on this for some of the characters. I really like it, but though. The, I have to say, one of the things that I really like, I, I really like the walking animation. It's awesome. It's yeah, proper old school. It's, um, it's been a few, um, there's been a few kind of different iterations of it, you know, because it's, um, it's such an important thing. Yeah. With, a, with a scrolling beat and what, you're always watching the guy kind of walk around. That's true. Kind of throwing punches, kicking, but it's, so he's got a look kind of like he's... Um, or she's kind of means business, you know. So um, the, the walking animation's got to be good. And um, j- just from there, then as well, uh, how 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 vast do you want to make this? Because like, yeah, when you go back and you play Streets of Rage or Final Fight, like I can I can get through Final Fight on t- three quarter on three euros. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's how good I am at Final Fight. Not great, but not terrible. Street to Rage, yeah, it's a bit more of a challenge uh, still. How, yeah. how, how, how broad are you looking to make this, or what's the what should we expect if we sit down and pop this in the the, the Steam or whatever? How, how long yeah. is it going to be? Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that about Final Fight because I, I struggle with Final Fight. I find oh, yeah? it difficult. I, the first time I played Final Fight was in the arcade, and I. I put in like, I don't know what it was when I played it, maybe like 50p or something, and I got whooped you know, in the first stage. Um, I've got better since. I had it on my um, PlayStation 3 Final Fight um, on one of the Capcom kind of releases on the PlayStation Store, I think. But, um, so I'm better at the kind of Streets of Rage probably than the Final Fight. But with uh, Fallen City Brawl, it's going to be, I'm thinking kind of, Eight stages, um, but with multiple routes through the stages. So right. there'll be some kind of choice of routes as you go through. And those stages will also be pretty f- flexible. So I'm wanting to build in things like um, breakable kind of floors, breakable walls. So it kind of expands the, the area of the, of the fight, basically, as you kind of go through. Um, I want it to be... Um, I want it to be quite tough, um, but it's going to be accessible, you know, so it'll be a kind of game where there's there's a lot of depth if people want to kind of um, get really good at it, basically, uh, and I think people will, you know, so um, will the depth will be there in terms of things like kind of mastering the counter moves, uh, mastering some of the... Um, kind of more in-depth combos, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be pretty intense. So. Right. Uh, and as far as the team, is it just yourself? Yeah, that's right. In terms of the development, um, it's been just myself up to now. Um, I've recently um, been talking with 
um, a really talented guy who um, is going to help me with the, the sound on the game. So a guy called Daniel uh, Lindholm, who's um, got credits for um, Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, wow. um, and also uh, Resident Evil 6 as well. Um, so, so yeah, I'm really excited to be to be working uh, with Daniel on the, the kind of um, the soundtrack for the trailer of the game, right? Um, which is going to be awesome, and hopefully more from there as well. And uh, is there is there any kind of release date in mind? Is there a roadmap? Is there any way we can? Is that still a bit out in the distance, or what are you looking? Yeah, it's a little bit. I haven't confirmed the release date yet. Um, what I don't want to do is set a release date and then kind of find out oh, I need to push it back. You know, I want to be kind of transparent about where I'm up to, which is we're still fairly early on in the development. Of, right. um, but there's there's a lot in place now, so I'm able to start kind of planning that a little bit more. I, what I would like is for this to kind of be released probably the first half of, of next year. So we're thinking kind of within the next 12 months, um, I would I would hope that will be kind of approaching release. That's my aim, um, but I haven't kind of set that date yet. And what kind of platforms are you looking to do? Or is it going to be you going to aim for like a Steam release, or are you going to try to go old yeah. school? Or yeah, I think this, I think the Steam release uh, certainly a PC release. I expect that I'll be looking at kind of Steam um, there. I think um, in terms of consoles, it'd be great to be able to release this on current consoles as well. Um, so um, I, I play a lot of PlayStation Four myself. It'd be awesome to to be able to play this. Um, obviously on, on PS4, but I think looking at kind of Switch and Xbox as well. Um, so haven't confirmed, haven't confirmed the um, kind of formats as yet. But um, I think PC is definite, and then the plan is also console releases as well. There's processes to go through with the platform holders for each of those, so I can't kind of guarantee that until obviously I've, I've kind of approached those processes, but. That's that's what I would like, um, and there's some kind of logistics in terms of kind of capacity to be able to um, kind of release at different times or kind of simultaneously. But I need to kind of have those discussions and work that out, really. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, it, it, I don't know what have you thought about the as as a developer of someone making a retro or a near retro game. What do you think about the, the kind <laughs> sorry, of sorry? Sorry, um, just as a as a developer of somebody who's making neo retro games, what do you think about the, that kind of revival now? We're going to start with the Binding of Isaac, and now it's it's all the rage with Shovel Knight and stuff like that, and then Cuphead. Yeah, I I think you know I think it's great that the the kind of market is opened up to people that you know have got good ideas, have got um, are willing to put the kind of um, some, some really talented people that are making some great games that are getting the kind of recognition that I think they, they deserve, you know? Um, and I think, you know, I think AAA games, you know, can be fantastic. Um, I've been playing um, Titanfall 2 recently. Um, it's not always some of the newest of games, but I, it's a kind of example, I guess, of a big budget game that is just pretty awesome. I think, but what can be equally um, good is where you have, you know, what can be quite a small project, but you know, some fantastic ideas um, and some fantastic kind of um, atmosphere. I think is, is something that can really come through with uh, with indie games, um, and you can you can kind of see the passion that you know some really talented developers 
put into their games. And so it's great that there's that kind of success that kind of can come with that, for, where you've got that kind of talent. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great. I think, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a brilliant thing, you know. It's interesting looking at, um, you've probably seen the news of the Google, um, Google's kind of yes. moving into the, into the kind of um, streaming Mm. games I don't really know how that might affect kind of developers um, I think I guess with the kind of I don't know the, like the might of Google behind that kind of project I'm guessing it potentially opens up the market further and potentially gives people opportunities that maybe they wouldn't have had but um, I don't know we'll have to see how that pans out but but yeah there's some fantastic indie games and you know it's uh, some great stuff out there. And obviously this is your passion project and something you're kind of doing on the side. Would, would you consider something like Patreon or some kind of something along that? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. What I need to look at kind of funding of this game. I'm, I'm some way um, into development, but I think there's going to be things that, you know, um, I mentioned kind of the music, but there's other areas that I'm not an expert on and that, you know, there's, there's people that are more talented than me that could bring a lot to the project. So I am interested in looking at kind of funding for the game because it's obviously been self-funded to this point. Yeah. Um, there's different there's different ways of doing that, I guess. There's things like Patreon um, or Kickstarter. Um, I'm looking into those kind of things at the moment. Um, and there's, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that, that there's, people that are really, I guess, passionate about the project. Um, and so I think it'd be great to be able to say, well, look, this is this is a way that, you know, people can support the project. Um, but I'm just not quite sure how that'll look yet. Um, but I need to kind of research that a little bit more. But yeah, I think there's a certain potential for it. I, I, you know what? I, I've seen worse things being funded on Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, um, thank you. It's, it's, I hope that I'll be able to look at that because I think it, in terms of kind of creating one, looking to create, that would yeah. be really cool to be able to to help get there. You know, um, like I say, there's, there's certain things that I can do myself, and certain things that to do a really good job, it's going to need to get some kind of people that are more specialists. So things like, sure. like um, I enjoy kind of the pixel art side, but if you give me kind of a pen and a red paintbrush, I'm no good with that. So if I'm looking at kind of um, artwork, for example, for say in future, if I wanted to do a kind of physical release of the game, mm. it'd be really great to have some really cool artwork associated with that. You know, like Definitely. an instruction book with some kind of great designs and things like that. And you know, that isn't that isn't one of my talents. So I need to be looking at kind of. Um, funding something for that so, well, so yeah, know, so, yeah. Like, one of the coolest things I've seen recently is the Sonic Mania release and they actually yeah. released it on a physical Mega Drive uh, it was like a folder thing but it was like a physical Mega Drive cart and I'm okay. like man that's cool <laughs> you know? that's not really awesome you know what I, I like Sonic Mania I love Sonic Mania um, this, occasionally on my Twitter I've, um, I've uploaded like um, screenshots and things of Sonic Mania it's that kind of game that I kind of go to just because it's so just quick to get into you know you can have a 10 minute go on it here and there um, I tend to kind of go into Sonic Mania on the, on the PlayStation and, and play a bit um, but I think it's a really good example of a of a game with kind of pixel art that's mm. done so well you know they, they it's got a real retro feel to it but it's yeah. bang up to date as well you know it doesn't feel it doesn't feel too retro it feels uh, it feels it feels new you know despite having that kind of aesthetic so yeah, I love Sonic Mania. I didn't know there was the um, 
yeah, that kind of uh, recreation of it. So that's really cool. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a huge Mega Drive fan. I literally have one still connected up, and I have another two in a box. Awesome. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's great. <laughs> to talk. What do you play on it? What do you play on it? I st- oh well, I st- literally play Street or Street Rage. Um, yeah. Big fan of Kid Chameleon. Kid Chameleon is oh, yeah, my go-to, yeah. my go-to game when when I'm bored. Uh, I go through Sonic's and then <laughs> Robocop versus Terminator is always a fun time. Oh, that's a great game. Do you know what? Technically, as well, that's so far ahead of its time when it was released. Um, just like huge sprites. Um, yeah. Really, really great visuals. Um, Actually, yeah, I really the, enjoyed that game. The street background for some of the stuff that you're using kind of reminds me of Robocop vs. Terminator, actually, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah it's a kind of like, uh, it's that kind of dystopian future kind of look that I'm trying to get a little bit as well, you know, where it's, um, yeah, atmosphere. I'm trying to get, whenever I do a kind of background of, to the game, it's trying to get the atmosphere right. It's so important. There's something about how it's lit. And, yeah, uh, it, it, you, def- yeah. you definitely have that. Pretty- definitely have that atmosphere you know and i think like you know uh, i can just i i'm actually really excited about the project fanboying a bit uh really excited about the project uh so i can just imagine when i stare with the music and stuff like that as well i think you're on to a winner mike thank you there's um I, i'm really hoping that, that people enjoy it. you know it's um i'm enjoying making it there's there's some cool things i'm looking to put in that i'm trying to um i'm working on a, a wolf you might have seen one of the um yeah. one of the videos with the wolf in there he's going to be like a kind of sidekick i'm trying to create it so that the player kind of really builds like a relationship with this wolf it's going to be a bit like did you ever see um canine um or Turner and Hooch, where you've got like the, the kind of a cop with the police dog and they kind of hate each other at the beginning and then right. they kind of build this bond, you know, where they kind of save each other's lives and stuff. So I'm hoping that um, the kind of same kind of thing can happen with this wolf. So this wolf's going to just be awesome. He's going to like just tear into the bad guys, um, but okay. you'll be able to kind of train him between stages and stuff like that. So you'll be able to like work on his kind of um, like how obedient he is. So if you kind of ask him to attack if you kind of command him to attack he'll kind of do it oh very cool better, effectively if you've kind of trained him things like that so and, and in in the in some of the shots there you have a car with two lads getting out with kalashnikovs is, yeah. is that kind of uh, similar to the streets of rage thing where you push a button and they kind of back you up yeah yeah it's pretty it's, it's, it's borrowed pretty heavily from my idea right um, <laughs> That's i think um it, yeah i think if you look at the streets of age series i think um you know it's an awesome set of games um but i think what they lose in the um second one onwards is having that kind of police backup where you press that button and um and they come and zoom onto the screen and um just unleash hell you know so um i i like that idea but i wanted to do something a little bit different so uh, yeah, so the, so the guys will come into the onto the screen and kind of slide in in the car and then yeah get out with the kind of um, weapons and stuff. I, I want that to be um, you to be able to kind of build that up though. Do you, did you ever play Golden Axe? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so in Golden Axe you collect the um, the magic um, potions from those little elf guys, mm. um, and you can build up the special powers that the character has right up to so i think if you were like um tyrus flair the amazon kind of warrior she if you had like a full magic gauge it would go like a, like a minimum magic gauge would be just some kind of small fires going on on the stage but the maximum would be like this huge dragon just swooping in and and burning everything and so i wanted a similar um 
kind of system with this. So like early on, um, like the car kind of coming in with the two guys in it will be one of the earlier on kind of specials. But if you build it up, if you build up that gauge, um, you're going to be getting into kind of things like something I'm working on at the moment, which is like a Russian kind of gunship, like a high D gunship um, kind of coming on and just obliterating everything. So you're going to be able to kind of really build up that that kind of uh, special attack. Um, and yeah, so if you save it up longer, you're going to get a better, um, better attack out of it. So there'll be a little bit of strategy with that as well. Oh, that sounds fantastic, man. It's, uh, it's very unique. It's one of the most unique... Uh, takes on the genre I've seen and obviously you know there is that kind of gap in the market Streets of Rage 4 is coming out next year but you, know, you got some time and I definitely think with yeah. the, with, with the error in now it's you know yeah it, it it's interesting with Streets of Rage 4 you know because I'm looking forward to that I think it'll be it'll be great um, so it's got a different look I guess they've gone for quite um, a more modern look I guess mm-hmm. um, or in terms of maybe not modern but um, yeah, kind of cell shaded kind of look, um, which looks looks great. But I, obviously, I'm more of a fan of the pixel art myself. Um, but I think they'll, they'll end up being quite different games, really. So they're both scrolling beat them But I think what I'm trying to do is something a little bit different. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, I'm hoping people will like both, you know, so. Okay. Yeah, well, look, I, uh, you know, if, if people want to get in touch with you i would um i would urge them to go over to fallencitybrawl.com check out the amazing artwork have a look there it's uh it it you know even though it's early in development it's definitely something that has a lot of legs and looking forward to seeing what's what's coming down the pipeline but if you want to get um in touch with you directly mike how are you able to do that yeah um i'm pretty active on um twitter so um twitter is probably the best place um i'm there at Fallen City Brawl, um, so people can catch up um, there. Um, also on Instagram, so that's Fallen City Brawl on Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, Twitter is probably the best way. Um, also through through the website, there's um, there's a newsletter that um, I've set up, and the idea is that. I send people the newsletter and that's got the kind of latest stuff in there. So the latest screenshots, latest videos for people that have signed up for the newsletter. It's free. Um, just kind of on the website, you can put in an email address and I'll ping you the kind of newsletter every kind of few weeks, basically. Um, so so people have found that pretty cool as well. But yeah, Twitter is probably the easiest place to get me um, at Fallen City Brawl. All right. Very cool, man. And you know, um I'll be keeping an eye on the project. Uh, thanks very much for coming on. Hopefully, we'll have you on in the future. You're more obviously more than welcome. I've really enjoyed this. Thanks so much. That'd be, that'd be really good. Look, it's been great being on, and thank you for inviting me. It's been um, it's been really cool. All right. Okay, guys, uh, stay tuned to Nerd No Basics. Okay, so you're listening to the podcast and you're wondering, well, what if I want to listen live and I'm not in Ireland? Well, don't worry. Go over to www.nerdsnowmedia.com. On the webpage at the bottom, there is a link to the Phoenix FM stream. Check out the details of the show you want to listen to and you'll be able to catch us live. Don't forget to tweet in Nerd2, the number 2, no, 92.5. Of course, you can contact us via the contact tab on the website over on nerdsnowmedia.com. from the Blanchistan Centre. This is Phoenix FM.
Okay, folks, welcome back to Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. NerdToKnowMedia.com. And any other way, podcasts are made available. We are live every single Saturday, or at least a pre-record every single Saturday, and all you can get um, our stuff on Stitcher as well. Um, please go over to iTunes if that is your preferred platform and leave a review. That really helps us um, grow the platform a little bit. I have a Patreon if you want to go over and help the show in that way. Uh, search Nerd Ducks, so N-E-R-D-D-U-X. Um, that would be pretty cool as well. But um, yeah, that's all the plug-in done for right now. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the MCU. So, Endgame came out this week. And I'm pretty sure that you guys have have been itching to watch it. And if not itching to watch it, um, have seen it already. Because I know myself, I, um, I couldn't help myself. I had to go and see it the opening night and like it was just one of those things where I was just like right if I don't go see it I'm going to spoil it for myself now I did um, I actually watched um, a video that went through all the spoilers beforehand and what was interesting about it was it wasn't really confirmed spoilers it was one of the same people that gave spoilers on The Force Awakens and also on Infinity War as well so it was pretty much on point like I knew who was going to die and the basic beats of the story so you know I knew straight off the bat and spoilers aren't a huge thing for me I don't really care um but I know for some people they are so before I get into Endgame and you know talk along the movie I'm gonna spoil it guys so if you don't want to listen turn off the podcast or the radio now and uh you know go watch the movie and then you know turn it back on but let's let's say that right so it's about three hours long now it's not the longest movie ever if you guys remember um, lord of the rings that was you know that was standard (laughs) they're three hours and that's not that's just a cinematic release but i noticed myself when it's been such a long time since i sat in the movie theater for that long so yeah my, my knees were a little bit sore and yeah a little bit uncomfortable but it was worth it like you couldn't have told the story without that runtime you know it was one of those things where if they had to just set back and cut this movie down or god forbid split it into another movie so you had a trilogy that would have been a waste you know uh people saying well why didn't you just do it in the first movie well then that would have been seven hours long the first the first part of the movie is quite slow but i think it it's it's important it's like um character building a lot of character moments a lot of growth I'm kind of setting the table for what's to come because from the second act on it, it goes a bit mad you know that's when you have kind of the heist uh, element of it and then the third act is all full-on battles and action but what's interesting about it is while there's your traditional three act you know structure there's also like nine acts in it right so each each of those three acts has three acts inside it so while the movie's long, it does kind of zip along because you're not kind of sitting there waiting for payoffs. There's continued payoffs and the way the Russo brothers have actually constructed this movie, it's very enjoyable. And you do, you feel it physically and you need to pee super bad after, but you don't feel it, um, you know, you're not really aware of the time, you're not really looking at your watch. Now, I know, like, when I was watching Captain Marvel and Black Panther and 
Yeah, I looked at my watch a lot. Um, with those movies, I fell asleep in Captain Marvel, but that was for different reasons. I enjoyed it a lot more the second time. Even Infinity War, um, I felt the time move a little bit more than I did in Endgame. Endgame was all set up to be a payoff movie, and there's a lot of fan service, so I appreciate that. Some people are upset by that, but I don't know why. You know, they're not happy being a fan or something. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um. Alright, so let's get into this. So the basic plot picks up 21 days after the snap, right? And it's basically showing the world how to, you know, what the world's like, okay? Uh, it shows Hawkeye and his family just before. That's the very first scene of the movie. And then the snap happens and bang. So you get more kind of like context of what happened to regular people around that event. From there, you go cuts up to you know space and Star Lord ship. Tony and Nebula are on the ship, and basically, they're you know about to die, right? Tony is literally about to die because uh, they've run out of food and auctions about to run out and all that kind of stuff. So, out of nowhere, Captain Marvel appears and brings the ship back to Earth, back to the Avenger compound. Uh, they kind of regroup and they decide they want to go after Thanos. And kill him. And hopefully reverse whatever's been done. Tony says, no, you had the chance to do this during, you know, Civil War. And I told you this was going to happen. You didn't listen to me, so I'm out. So he disappears and he's gone. Uh, Hawkeye is also nowhere to be seen. And, you know, the team is whittled down to Tor, uh, Hulk, and uh, Black Widow. And a few others, but you know, War Machine and that. There's, there's not a lot of not a guys left. But they do manage to find out where Thanos is, where his retirement planet is, because Nebula knows where it is. They go there and they find out that the the Infinity Stones are gone. Thanos has destroyed them, and it nearly killed him by doing so, because he you know resnapped again, and it took a lot out of him. So he's close to death anyway. Upon that revelation, Thor freaks out and cuts his head off, killing him. And he's dead. He's, you know, gone, gone. But they can't, they can't fix it. Thor kind of takes that badly and goes missing, and then it's a hard cut to five years later. Uh, we see Scott Lang, Ant-Man, appear. He's, uh, a rat runs across the console, and he pops out of the van, which we saw at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. And for him, it's only been like five hours. Because time moves differently in the quantum realm. So he's trying to make his way back. And he makes his way back to the Avenger compound somehow. And, yeah, then tries to explain uh, basically a time travel mechanic. And so we're like, oh, God, time travel. Well, I actually really like how this was done. They, you know, make fun of a lot of time travel stuff in the past. They, they lampshade it. And then they... Uh, you know, a lot of Back to the Future references and all that kind of stuff, which I enjoyed. I thought it was fun. A lot of comedy in this movie as well. Like, it's very, 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 very well, well-placed comedy. It's not your traditional Marvel um, quips, you know. It's just more, you know, fun and lighthearted. But, you know, that's, that's the kind of setup for something else. So, they go to Tony and he's like, no, look, I have a wife and kid and, you know, I like this. I don't want to lose it. And basically his dilemma is... He's happy that Pepper Pot survived the snap and that he's able to have a daughter with her and that while a lot of people lost a lot of things, he 
he actually got a lot and he doesn't want to upset that or he doesn't want to do anything that could change it which you know is fair however uh the team under professor hulk because the hulk now is professional hulk or the gray hulk because he's known in comics as well which is a fusion of the hulk persona and bruce banner basically um so that's that's kind of they go to him and they're like right let's build the time machine and it doesn't go well. Some comedic scenes when they're trying to test it. And basically it works on the premise. Using the quantum realm. So they use Hank Pym's technology to shrink down. To be able to go into the time vortex. And jump out basically. Navigate time. And the only way they can do that is with Tony's help. Because he's the only one smart enough to be able to do it. Who's Hank Pym. Because Hank Pym is obviously snapped out of existence. But eventually Tony does show up. He's like hey look I figured it out. And uh, they formulate the heist, the time heist as it's known, where basically they can't kill Thanos because that won't do anything. It'll just, you know, string theory. So it'll it'll create a new time line rather than their timeline. So if they kill Thanos, nothing will happen in their timeline, but a new timeline will be created where Thanos never snapped. All right. So... What they have to do is they have a, they have to navigate their timeline and get the stones before Thanos gets them. It's kind of convoluted, but it makes sense, right? So they they split up into teams and they realize in New York, you know, there's three stones in New York at one point. If they can get them, you know, in 2012. The... The one held by um, Doctor Strange, Ancient One, in the Santum Centaurum. Um, obviously, Loki's staff and the Tesseract. They're all in New York at the time of the Battle of New York in 2012. There's the Storm on Morak, which is um, the one that Star-Lord discovers in 2013. Uh, the one... I think it was in 2014 with the mines with the with Thor in Asgard. Uh that's during Thor two, and there's one obviously the Soul Stone where, you know, that was an Infinity War. So they jump a little bit ahead, you know, just around 2013, 2014, and that's that's that's, that's what that's their uh, targets. So basically, what happens then is you know it, it kind of cuts around the teams that are doing it. So uh, Hulk, Tony, and cap all try to get the stones that are in new york hulk you know meets the agent one and they don't fight but they kind of talk it through and a deal is struck that look we'll give you the stones but you have to give them back after you're done which is fair enough uh the staff they get with no problem cap basically pretends to be a hydra agent and that's how he's just given the staff because you know obviously you know the um the stuff in Civil War hasn't happened yet. And then the Tesseract they get. But Hulk from 2012 kind of causes problems. And they lose the Tesseract to Loki. Loki takes the Tesseract and jumps back. So Tony and Cap figure a plan that you have to jump to 1970. To uh, the facility where you know, Captain America pretty much created. Um, to get both the Tesseract and also some of Hank Pym's molecule juice 
for want of a better term. So that's what they do, all right? And that's a pretty cool scene in and of itself. Uh, Black Widow and um, Hawkeye go to get the Soul Stone and Black Widow is killed. She kills herself, basically, because you have to make that sacrifice and she doesn't want Hawkeye to do it. So they fight, basically, to try and kill themselves. Very, very good sequence, actually. Um, the scene with War Machine and Nebula getting the stone off Star-Lord. They pretty much just hit Star-Lord and then steal the stone. It is what it is, you know. And Chris Pratt really didn't do much in, in this part of the movie, which, you know, kind of makes sense. And then, you know, Nebula's kind of captured after that, and that kind of sets up the table for something else. Asgard, um, Thor is a mess at this point, so he kind of looks like the dude from The Big Lebowski. And, uh, yeah, he's kind of... They go back to Asgard, and can't do it and you know, Jane Foster's there which shocked me that Jane Foster was there because I was not expecting her to be there other than I saw her she was at the premiere uh, Natalie Portman I was like oh well she must be in the movie now and she was and I was glad to see it because you know I like Natalie Portman I thought you know um, the first two Thor movies were not bad so people said they were and I'm like are you crazy they're Shakespeare in space I really like them Thor 2 wasn't great I'll give you that but it wasn't bad um I had some pretty cool sequences, and I thought the romance that they had was quite good. So, you know, hopefully to bring it back. Anyway, Thor meets his mother, and obviously the day to go back is the day that Thor's mom dies in Thor 2. So he kind of gets a pep talk, and at this point he's fat, and, you know, he, you know, he lost his purpose, and he just he took failing badly, as you would. So his mom kind of says, look, you know, Get yourself together. You're worthy on yourself, and you know, eventually, Rocket stabs. Uh, you know, well, it doesn't stab. He steals the 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 gunk from um, Tor Two out of Natalie Portman off screen. We don't see it, and then runs in. He's like, "Hey, I got it, I got it." And then they're getting ready to go, but Tor gets Mjolnir back because Mjolnir still exists in Tor Two, right? So, um, yeah. That's basically, so they all have the stones now. They have everything. But, the big kicker is Nebula was captured. Not only that, but past Nebula, they share like a neural network. And Thanos actually sees the plan. Through their Nebula, who is who's still evil. And they capture current Nebula and you know, they do a, a identity swap. Alright, so they can send her back and infiltrate the Avengers. That's what happens. Uh, they go back, they set up a new Infinity Gauntlet, and Hulk snaps, brings everyone back. Alright, so the world is saved. Yes, but Nebula then uses a time machine to bring Thanos' warship back. And he blows up the entire Avenger compound and summons his entire army. Alright. So this is this is bad. This is really, really bad. And then we lead into the third act, which is a huge, massive, crazy battle. Which is epic. It's absolutely epic, right? Um, obviously, you have to talk about what happened here, where um, the Infinity Gauntlet it becomes kind of like a MacGuffin, right? But we're not there yet. Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America stand up to Thanos by themselves. Because they're, you know, they're when the bombs hit, they kind of just landed there. That's amazing. Uh, 
Thor is, you know, fully powered. He's using Mjolnir and Stormbreaker and he's just, you know, slamming through him. Uh, Iron Man repulsors, all that kind of stuff, you know, firing everything he has. Uh, they both get knocked out. And then Cap gets up, picks up Mjolnir and starts wielding Mjolnir, which is a great callback to um, Age of Ultron. He's just hitting, you know, hitting with Mjolnir and, you know, it's awesome. Using lighting, which is <laughs> actually amazing. It's really, really a highlight of the movie to see that. You know, it's it's gr- it is really, really good. But then, um, Cap Shield breaks and he's beaten, and you know, Thanos is like, look, it wasn't personal before. I just didn't care. It was just you know the mission. But now it is. I'm going to destroy everything and start again. And at that point, uh. uh <laughs> A boom tube, for once a better term, um, opens up the portals, and it's Doctor Strange and all the wizards opening up, all the sorcerers opening up portals, you know, to Wakanda, to Asgard, um, to Titan, all this kind of stuff, to bring back everybody. Because obviously during the snap, they all came back, right? But um, yeah, so that's kind of what happened, and then. It's it's a fair fight. So it's every single Avenger, massive armies, Asgard Asgardian armies, Wakandan armies, um, all going at it. So everyone you've ever seen in these movies shows up and they fight, and it's it's epic. You know, it's like the it's like the the battle at the end of Aquaman in scale, but bigger, and it has more emotion because these people, you know, you know who they are. They're not just faces, grunts, right? Except the Wakandan armies and um, the Asgardian armies for the most part. Like, you know, a couple of the players, but they're just grunts, right? So, um, but you, you get your hero shots from Black Panther, you get your hero shots from Spidey, Doctor Strange, uh, some nice little back and forth between Tony and uh, Doctor Strange. Captain Marvel has a really cool, um, you know, kind of flurry, but she can't even beat Thanos. So, basically, you know, the. They're trying to get the Infinity Gauntlet over to um, Scott Lang's van to use that time machine because that's the only one that's left. Um, and the thinking is to get the stones over so they can send them back in time. However, they're stopped and they can't get there. Thanos stands there and he's like, right. So eventually Thanos gets the Infinity Gauntlet, puts it back on and he's just about to snap. Iron Man shows up. And gets hit back. But Tana snaps, right? So nothing happens. And he realizes that all the infinity gone all the infinity gems or stones have been taken off it. Tony pops up and puts them into a suit and says an amazing line. Um you know, it's a callback, a lot of callbacks. And he just said, you know, I am Iron Man and then snaps. Wiping out the entire army of Thanos. All of them must get wiped out. But then, obviously, the impact of that, because Tony's just a human, he gets mortally wounded. So he's lying there dying and has a really emotional moment with Spidey. You know, his, his, adult, his basically his surrogate son, right? Um, Pepper Potts is there and Cap, Cap and all that kind of stuff. So he dies peacefully. And dies surrounded by his friends and family. So it's the best send off. He died as a hero and as a fulfilled man. It's very emotional. A lot of, a lot of teary eyes in the cinema. 
I guarantee. If you didn't, you don't have a soul, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, very for the first of real big, real big heavy hits in this movie. So then we're just into, you know, a non Iron Man universe. So then what happens? Captain America decides, look, I'm gonna go back and drop out all these stones. This is after Tony's funeral, which again is another very emotional emotional scene. So a lot of a lot of characters there. It's you know kind of spot who's who. They're all Tony's funeral. Um, but Cap decides to go back then, and. He, Bruce is like, look, uh, take 10 seconds to come back. 10 seconds elapse, nothing happens. And War, War Machine, no, sorry, not War Machine, um, sorry, so, so the Iron Man thing on the brain, Falcon, Falcon starts freaking out, going, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on, where's he coming back? And Winter, um, Bucky's like, come on, come on, come on. And then Bucky sees, hey, look, there's a there's an old guy sitting on the bench and it's Steve Rogers you know as, as an old man Falcon goes over and he's like hey look you know I decided to stay and then he notices the wedding ring and he's like come on tell me about her no <laughs> which is you know a funny a funny little thing but then he gives Falcon the shield he goes look you're Captain America now alright so we have just like in the comics we have our new Captain America and they'll probably throw the Captain America thing between Falcon and Bucky. Um, because we've seen both of them being cap out at one point. Which, you know, both are cool. But, you know, whatever. Sam deserves it, you know. Um, and that's what he kind of say. So that's why Bucky lets it go. He's like, yeah, look, you know. You're you're better than me. As far as, you, you you know, you weren't a trained assassin, right? But I'm sure they'll, they'll figure out that down the line. There's a TV show coming up. And obviously more movies. So we'll see what happens. But for now, the mantle is with Sam. And then it cuts to what Cap was doing, and he's dancing with Peggy, and then it cuts to black. Uh, uh, you know, and that's a beautiful ending. It's it's one of the most emotional movies I've seen in a while, um, and it's not just because it's, you know, it was a good movie. Like genuinely, if you've never seen a Marvel movie before, you'll enjoy it. If you have casually you really enjoy it and if you're a hardcore fanboy fangirl or whatever um you'll love it you'll adore it however i'm finished with the mcu i think obviously we're doing the show so i'll still go see the movies for the most part but i think Bryn might have to watch the movies more than me but i'm kind of done i got what i wanted i got the definitive ending two of my favourite Marvel characters um, you know Thor's still around and Guardian's still around Doc Strange's still around Spidey so I'll pop in for those movies and if there's an FF movie or something like that oh definitely yeah um, I'll definitely watch FF movies but uh, you know the MCU was Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. for me so he's not there the heart is kind of gone right so where do you go from there? And I'm sure they're going to make good movies. Uh, you know, it's just like a lot of the characters don't really appeal to me. And the stories to be told there. And But the way I see it is now, it's not... I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying. This is like comic books. For me, the MCU movies are like visual comic books that cost millions of dollars. I don't buy every comic book. 
I have comic books that I read runs of and then might not read back, you know, after a writer leaves or something. Sometimes I do. And that's kind of what it's like. You know, for me, the MCU now is literally like a comic book. So the run I liked is over. I'll see what the run is like now for Phase 4. Um, what that 10-year arc is going to be like. And if it appeals to me, great, then I'll watch it. But if not, then I won't. It's like when Scott Snyder left Batman. I stopped reading Batman. And then he did the, the Batman Who Laughs. And I love it. Alright, so... I've seen a lot of people freak out online. You know, for different things. SJW this and alt-right that. And, ugh, you know, spare me. Um, I... This is just comics. If you read com, if you've never read comics or read them properly, this is what it's like. You know, you're not gonna like every comic that comes out. You're not gonna like every comic writer that comes out. Doing these multi-movie arcs, this is how it needs to be. So if you don't like the overall arc, then you're not gonna like the the thing. You know, you're not gonna enjoy it. So there's no point. But that's still early days. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. As I said. Thor is still there. He's joined Guardians of the Galaxy. That's pretty cool. I want to see that. Doctor Strange. Love Doctor Strange. Want to see his movie. Spidey, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's just they have to do a lot, you know, to to really kind of fill that Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. void, because he was the heart of the MCU. They haven't got heart of the MCU now, so they need to kind of replace it. Captain Marvel's not it. Nothing against Brie Larson. I actually like the Captain Marvel movie the second time. She's not it. Alright. She's just not. I'm sorry. She's not. Guardians you might have a better run with. You know. You could do something. But then again. You know. There's no gravitas there. Sam and Bucky. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Doctor Strange would be a better show. You know. If you're if you're going to try and pull something around with him. But then again. You know. We have FF. So. You can bring in. Um, Reed Richards. And then the X-Men and that as well. So there are, are a lot of things on the table. And I'm confident that obviously these movies are still going to go on. They're still going to be there. Um, they're going to obviously make millions. This movie's going to make $2 billion. That's what it's tracking to do. It's making crazy money already. And it's a Friday when I'm recording this. People aren't off work yet. <laughs> it's already breaking records around the world. Um, I love that Jim Sterling was in the movie he's the guy who created Tenos you know uh, there was a random cameo and a guy uh, forward to an old looking guy I'm like that he looks really familiar I don't know why and then I saw the credit I'm like oh yeah it's Jim Starling you know I'm like oh it's great so yeah uh, if you guys haven't read Jim Starling's work uh, do because obviously you're a fan of it because you like Tenos um, a lot of his stuff was and is uh, cosmic-y kind of stuff so it's all like crazy gods and titans and stuff but it's fantastic you know he also um, it was instrumental in the Teen Titans you know making them good and I think he did the cult as well the Batman series the cult I could be wrong on that but every part of me is saying that he did but uh, yeah check out his work is great one of, the, one of the best so guys look let me know what you thought about the movie tweet us you can tweet either at um, nerd2 the number 2 no uh, on me on social media that's uh, twitter or you can just tweet me at RWV. Let me know what you think. Uh, because there's a lot to say. Don't spoil it for people who care about that. It's kind of harsh if you do. Um, 
but yeah I'll be happy to discuss it with anyone so guys look that's going to do it for this week's show of Nerd to No Basis I'll be back next week either way uh, we'll try to get Brian on if not then I'll just do another show again myself um, but yeah we're going to try get these going more often because uh, I have noticed that we kind of dropped our upload a little bit and you know Phoenix fans have been great to us over the years so I want to keep that content going go over to nerdtonomedia.com our full archive show is there um, I'm building out my Twitch stream it's linked to the Patreon as well um, if you want to support me there support it's, you support the show that would be fantastic um, again iTunes and iTunes review would be even better again cost you nothing um, and it would really really help us out alright guys until next week I've been Daryl Connor. this is Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM and nerdtonomedia.com Media.com.